Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you, Lord. So thankful to be here on a Wednesday evening. Appreciate your prayers and thoughts. If you have your Bibles, turn your attention to Genesis 4. Genesis 4, starting in verse 8. Praise you, Jesus. The Bible says, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Verse 10, And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. My title tonight is The Life is in the Blood. Would you stretch your hands towards heaven? Would you pray for the service? God, we give you all glory. We give you all praise, Jesus. Lord, I ask that you visit us here tonight, that you would minister unto these people, Jesus. Let my words be your words, Lord. Open up my understanding so that I may, that I may uh, deliver your word as you intended it, Jesus. God, we give you praise and glory. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Praise you, Jesus. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord for just a moment? Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. From the beginning of time, the beginning of the tenure of mankind on this earth, there has been an unfavorable price to pay for the lack of self-control. Adam and Eve decided to ignore the instructions of God and they chose to eat the tree of knowledge and good and evil, which God forbade them to eat thereof. God warned them and said the day that they eat of that tree that they would surely die. Cain fell victim to pride and jealousy. And he acted in anger against his brother Abel and he slew him in a field. Both instances, God had cast them out of their dwelling place. And in both instances, blood was shed upon the ground. Adam and Eve, when they ate of the fruit that God forbade them to eat, their eyes were opened and they realized that they were naked. Genesis 3.21, it says, God then covered them with what the Bible says, coats of skins. These coats of skins were the hides of animals. There was blood that was shed upon the ground for this sin. Adam and Eve were then driven out of the garden so that the way of the tree of life would be kept. Again, the cost of sin is blood shed upon the ground. There is something about the blood. It is unlike anything else in this world. We may see it as just something that people look at under microscopes. We may see it as just a highway of oxygen and iron and things that will prevent infection in our body. But to God, the blood speaks. To God, the blood is a precious commodity which has the power to cleanse our souls. We hold value in things like gold and silver and dollar bills, but there is no amount of money that anybody could pay or to give to earn their way into heaven. There's no dollar amount that somebody will pay, and God says, you have paid your price for sin. Enter now, thou, into the joy of thy Lord. There would never be a price high enough that we could pay to earn our way into heaven. 
but rather the only way into paradise is with the blood that was shed upon Calvary. The blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The song goes like this. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Nothing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Hallelujah. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is power. Power. Wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Listen to this. The song says, would you be free from the burden of sin? There is wonderful working power in the blood. Praise God. From the beginning of time, God had a plan. Brother Pleo said it well recently. Jesus died a death that he did not deserve. So he could pay a price that I could not pay. Are you thankful for the sacrifice that God paid on Calvary? Jesus said in Matthew 26, verse 28, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Jesus Christ himself shed his own blood for the remission of my sins. Leviticus 17 and 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. The life is in the blood. Jesus shed his blood upon Calvary. And we have this promise. Jesus says in 10.10, I have come that they might have life. And they might have it more abundantly. The life is in the blood. Hallelujah. The only way to eternal life in heaven is with the blood of Jesus for the remission of sins. And the only way for remission of sins is to be covered by the blood of Jesus. So the Bible gives us instructions of how to receive this covering of Christ. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For what? For the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is a promise waiting for you. It says, there is the, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all them that are afar off. This is meaning generationally, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Praise you, Jesus. Once you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, you are then covered by the blood of Jesus. Now, instead of your sins crying out, guilty, 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 the blood cries out, forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But the enemy of your soul... He can never reach this moment of forgiveness. He can never reach this moment of deliverance from sin. So out of jealousy, he calls you out because of your past. He cries out the accusations. He cries out the accusations of your sins, and he points his ugly finger in your face out of hatred. Revelation 12, verse 9, it says, 
and the great dragon was cast out, and that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 10, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of Christ. Listen to this. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Day and night he is accusing you of your sins. Day and night he is calling you out saying, look at what you've done. Look at the, the things that you have done in your past. But in verse 11, he is shut up. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. And the word of their testimony. Praise God. Hallelujah. Revelation 2 verse 7. It says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Jesus is talking to us. Jesus is talking to this very church. He's talking to the people of God. It says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. We just read that we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And to those who overcome will partake of the tree of life. We are brought back into paradise because of this. Paradise with God so we can partake in the very thing that God intended for us in the beginning. Are you thankful for the blood tonight? Are you thankful for that blood, that, that sin-atoning blood of Jesus that he has shown, he has shed upon Calvary? Hallelujah. Would you stand with me as Brother Brad comes? Would you just give God praise for just a moment? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Let's get the Lord a hand cup of praise again right now in the house. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for the blood. We thank you, Jesus, for Calvary. Hallelujah. I was not worth it, but somehow I was worth it to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Good word, brother. Good word. Praise God. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for Calvary? Aren't you thankful that God died for your sins, for my sins? Praise God. There's nothing in this world that could ever redeem you for your sins like the blood of Jesus. There's nothing you could do, no penance you could pay, nothing you could possibly do to repay for the wrong we have done in our life. The Bible says that all men are born into sin. But the blood of Jesus makes things possible. But the blood of Jesus makes salvation possible. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Luke chapter 19. You don't have to stand. Let me read real quick, though. Luke chapter 19, 5 and 6 says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully, the Bible says. Luke 8, 43 through 48, And a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately, somebody say immediately, immediately her issue of blood stenched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? Somebody say, Who touched me? Who touched me when all denied, all denied, 
Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? The people are all around you. What do you mean, who touched me? Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceived that virtue was gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people, for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. Somebody else say immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. For just a few minutes, I'd like to talk to you on a little subject called Saved by the Cross Cell. I'll explain in a minute what a cross cell is if you don't already know. But a young man entered a department store to buy something he had been saving up to buy for quite a while now. And he wanted this item so much that he began putting pennies away and dollars away and just saving every dime he could find and in hopes that one day he could be able to call this prize his own. He'd frequently window shop the, the local department store. He'd drop in to see if the price had, had gone up or if the price had gone down on this thing. And, and it, was his, it was his dream to possess it. So it was something he, he made a priority to know the worth of it. It was a daily routine for him. He'd go to his piggy bank. He'd go to his little jar, and he'd open it up, and he'd pour it out, and he'd count his stash, and he'd put it back. He'd keep record of every additional penny he put in. One morning, he wakes up, and he checks the newspaper ads, and he sees there's a sale on this particular item, and he runs back to his, his record books, and he says, I've got just enough to purchase it, just enough. And on the day he entered this department store, he goes to the counter, and he, he notices a sign across the back that says, closing soon. He says, oh, you're closing. What, what do you mean you're closing? The lady said, yes, we're closing. People just don't shop here anymore. We have a week left before we close these doors. And a young man in a state of disbelief begins to bargain with the lady and said, ma'am, I've come to purchase this one item, and I have this much, but if you're closing the doors, I wonder what I could get for what I have here. And, and I'm not saying that your items aren't worth more, and I'm not saying that... that that I'd like, you know, you just to, to go broke on this bargain. But I, what I am saying is, I could never pay enough for what these items mean to me. But I want to know what type of deal you'll make for me. And she says, I'll sell you all these here on one condition, that you give them a good home. And they don't go to waste. It was then and there that these items realized that their own worth to this man was more than what they were on, on sale for. You see, when he came for one... He, he had chosen one in particular, and when he realized the signs of the times, the closing soon sign, he bargained for it all. When you go to a store and you're walking down an aisle, this is where a cross sale comes in. You go down the aisle, let's just say the toiletries aisle, and you're looking at toilet paper, $7.99 for six rolls. And, and right over here, you'll see the little plastic hanger strips, and you may have soap on it, or you may have gloves hanging from it. That's a cross sale. It's not the normal aisle it would be on. It's something to catch your attention at the last minute. And it's hanging these little devices, these little things that maybe you don't need, but maybe they'll catch you at the right moment and you'll spend. And these store department owners, these department store owners, they're, they're trained to cross-sell at every aisle, at every end cap, at every register to get the most out of you, to get the most out of your money, to get every dime they can because that's how they make their money. 
You round the corner and you make your way to registered free. And before you ring up for those four items you came for, you've got 19 items in your cart. That's just how things work when you go to a grocery store. You go for a candy bar and a bubble gum, and you leave with nine Red Bulls and, and four gallons of milk because they were buy three, get one free, and all these things. And you see, stores are set up that way. It's a cross-selling mentality. It's a cross-selling way of making money. Statistics show that 90% of Americans, American grocery shoppers, will not go back just for one item they forgot on their list. You go for 12 things and you, and you forget something and you get home and you go, nah, I can deal without it. 70% will not go back for two items they forgot. And 54% will not go back for three or more items. Oh, I forgot bread. Ah, I guess we just will have to deal without it today. Oh, I forgot bleach. I guess we're not going to deep clean the house this week. I forgot toothpaste. Ah. But to think that American shoppers, to think that our fellow people of this country would, would not return to the store for something they once deemed necessary is puzzling to me. Because when I forget an item, there's a little old lady at the house who tells me, nah, I'll go back and get it. But that 90% of, of, of American shoppers won't go back for the one item, it puzzles me. How can I say that one day it was necessary, but when I'm in a moment of, of, of memory lapse, it's not important anymore? Half of America, over half of America has the take it or leave it mentality. Out of sight, out of mind. Well, I'll deal without. And there are many things in life we can do and deal without, trust me. But when it comes to the necessary things, certain necessities, the, the bare minimums of life, uh, the bare necessities of life, we just cannot deal without them, folks. We cannot deal without the blood of Jesus. You cannot deal without the life of the blood of the name Jesus Christ upon your life. It is not worth that one item you cannot go back for. So to avoid this taking place in the retail settings, cross-selling has become a thing. I'm so glad you got the milk, honey. Well, I wouldn't have, but they had the little tags hanging over by the bread. And I was like, oh, I need milk. Oh, saved by the cross-sell. Oh, I'm so glad you remembered trash bags. We were already out. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have, but they had that big end cap display over by the Pepsis. And I was like, oh, I need trash bags. So I got the trash bags. I was saved by a cross sale again. I'm so glad you got drinks because the birthday party starts in an hour. And I didn't think you were going to remember them because I didn't put them on your list. You know, I would have forgot, but I saw that huge display of Pepsi in the middle of the store. And I thought, I bet those kids are going to be thirsty later. So I was saved by a cross sell again. But the thing is this. Luke 19, we talked about earlier. Jesus, he's on his way to Jerusalem. And as he's passing through Jericho, a rich man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief among the publicans or the tax collectors or the money-hungry Roman Empire people, when he heard about the man Jesus on his way through, he wanted to see him for himself. I'm pretty sure even if the, the wickedest of sinners of Palmer heard that Jesus himself was passing by, they'd be a little curious to know who this Jesus really was. So Zacchaeus, he, he says, I've got to see what's going on in that crowd down there. I've got to find out who this Jesus really is. Uh, and Jesus, he's on his way to, uh, headed to Jerusalem and to weep for his people because he's about to die. And he's passing through and he says, Zacchaeus, come down here. 
He says, I, I recognize the little man up in the tree. Come down here. I'm coming to your house today. And he says, oh, okay, I'm coming. I'm coming down. I'm coming down. It's pretty funny how God, just one encounter with God can change even the wickedest of people. It doesn't take someone breathing down their throat. You better do it this way. You better do it that way. No, one encounter with the king, one encounter with the blood of Jesus can change your family. It can change your cousins, your lost loved ones. One encounter with God. One encounter with God. Hallelujah. 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 On his way, though, the people gathered around him and they watched him. You see, watching Jesus won't make you saved. The people gathered around to see who this Jesus was. That didn't save them. You see, Jesus, watching him, it doesn't, it doesn't save your soul. People came from every part of the country to see who this Jesus was. And it didn't catch his attention either. He was passing through. You know, just because we come to church doesn't mean we have the attention of the master. Just because we come every week and sit on the pew does not mean we have the attention of the one who died on Calvary. We really don't. And Zacchaeus proved that when he said, I've got to find a high point. I've got to find a tree to get up on because he's not going to see me here. He's not going to recognize. He's going to go right on by me, and my opportunity is going to be lost. I've got to find a high point to get on so he can say, who is that? I know that person. I recognize him. I created him. I see you looking for me. God knows when you're looking for him. God knows when you've got needs. God knows when you're desperate because a desperate cry always turns the ear of the master. It always turns his attention. Praise God. Praise God. His entire life, Zacchaeus, his view of, of, of anything religious, anything godlike was eclipsed. Because he was small. He was short. Everything was taller than him. So in this one day in the crowd, he sees a sycamore tree in the midst, and he says, Aha, I've got an opportunity. It took a tree to get Zacchaeus to repent, and it took a tree to bring him mercy. I'm talking about Calvary there. And he climbs a tree to see Jesus, and Jesus says, Whoa, 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 who is that up there? I'm coming to your house today. Sometimes it takes us getting on a tree to get the attention of the one who died on the tree. Oh, you didn't hear me when I said that. Sometimes it takes us putting ourselves on our cross. Sometimes we got to bear our cross for God to realize they're desperate enough now they need me. They want me in their life. Oh, sometimes it takes you having to get up on that cross. Praise God. Praise God. The woman with the issue of blood, Matthew 14, Mark 5, Luke 8, she pressed her way in through the crowd because she had a need in her life. When you have a want, you're okay not having that want, like 90% of the American shoppers. But when you have a need, you'll press through. You'll go back to the grocery store. When you have a need, when you're sick at home on a Wednesday night, you'll say, I've got to go to the house of God. I might have an encounter with the king. I might be able to touch just the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. And Jesus being pushed from every side says, who touched me? Who touched me? Everybody touched you. Oh, no, 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 no. I feel people touching me, but I only felt one person who wanted me to touch them. I felt everybody gathered around looking to get a touch of Jesus, but nobody wanted me to reach down and change them. Praise God. 
Jesus wasn't looking for the crowd uh, pressing in on his flesh. Uh, he wanted the one who touched his spirit. He wanted the one who grabbed a hold of his virtue. People wanted to touch the person because of his fame. And she needed to touch the garment because she wasn't worthy to touch the person. She wasn't worthy to touch his flesh. But she said, if I could just touch the garment that he wears, if I could just touch that scarlet robe, if I could just touch what houses the master, oh, I can be healed of everything in my life. If you would just make up your mind on a Wednesday night, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, everything wrong in my life, every disease, every problem will be vanishing in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 You see, anybody can touch Jesus. Anybody can throng him. Oh, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. But when he touches you, you can't deny the change. You cannot deny the power that he gives you, that he imports into you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isaiah 59, 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. When he chooses to touch you, there ain't no devil in hell. There ain't nothing in there that can stand in his presence. Praise God. Who touched me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but when he went to Calvary, when he went and shed his blood on Calvary, that was the greatest cross sell that could ever possibly be. When he purchased you, he purchased you, he purchased you, and he purchased me. He said, I've come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. He came to give everything. He came for every one of you with one purchase, one purchase. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house today. Hallelujah. I've been blood bought by a cross sale that I could not repay. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. said something, Brother Brad, I know Scripture describes to you and to me that he wants to bless you, he wants to put his hand upon you, he wants to benefit you, heal you, and deliver you. Are we in an apostolic church or what? He wants to do that. And I believe he wanted to do it to that entire crowd. That's why he's there. James said it like this, draw nigh unto God, and God will draw nigh unto you. You said we can be there. But because I don't want to get any closer than where I'm at, you can just go right on by. 
Bartimaeus wasn't able to go draw close to him. But Bartimaeus was able, Brother Trace, to make a noise and a ruckus. He got with it. What's going on? Jesus is coming through town. It's Wednesday night. Well, you could miss him. He might come by on a Wednesday night. Draw nigh unto God, and God will draw nigh unto you. That's what Zacchaeus was doing, Brother Brad. That's what the widow woman was doing. That's what Bartimaeus was doing. Draw nigh unto God. Anybody want to do that tonight? It's Wednesday night. I know some got to go to work early tomorrow. I'll just tell you, I feel, feel like if there's somebody that wants to draw nigh unto God, somebody's had a rough week. Somebody's just <laughs> you're saying, you know, I'm empty. I'm wore out. <laughs> My situation requires... My need is greater than my want. I may want a new job, but I need Jesus. Come on, that's it, somebody. That's it, somebody. Yes, Lord. <laughs> 